This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Sunday, October 6th. This is episode 268. I am Dan Ellis. I'm Ryan Duffy. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. Matt is still in the UK. He'll be there for this episode and the next one, I believe. Is, is yes. He, uh, is he still gone for the next one? I think. Let me look at the calendar. I'm pretty sure that was well, the case. We get all fucking next week because I change shifts and really don't have a day off next week. Oh, no. So we're recording today and the next time we'll record will be Thursday. We're moving back to Thursdays. Yeah. So we'll be recording on the 17th next which means that there will be a slight there break. Will be, there will be a little bit of a delay or break between episodes because this one, this episode will be released to the general public on the 11th, and then we don't record again for nearly a week after that. Yeah. So then we'll go back to our other release schedule where Patreon patrons will get it on Mondays, regular audience or the general audience will get it on Wednesday. So Yeah, I, I apologize for my schedule fucking everyone's lives up to their <laughs> podcast schedules. Well, it's not, it's, I mean, it hasn't been too much of a problem. I think I don't really care for recording on Sundays though. So this will be, this, it'll be nice that our Sunday recordings are done because, you know, ordinarily at this time of the day, I would still be sitting in the kitchen <laughs> drinking coffee and watching my news programs <laughs> and then working in the yard and stuff. And yeah. So it takes up, it takes up a day of the weekend when I could be doing other things, but that's fine. It's been different doing it during the day and not at night. Yeah. It has a different vibe, right? Yeah. Different feel to it, but that's fine. It's fine. We'll work it out. <laughs> well, what, what uh, have you been doing over the last week, man? Fuck. Well, I went to your debate. Yes. Um, which was a clusterfuck for me to fucking get there. <laughs> Why? You know, I said, I was like, oh, I'm going to leave early so that way I can get there around 6.30 so, because I don't know the campus and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I leave my house at 5.30. Yeah. Debate starts at 7. Yeah. I start going down I-15. Mm. And I'm like four miles from the Antelope Island exit. Mm. And I look at the little board, it says 45 minutes to Antelope Drive. And what? I'm like, whoa. I'm like, That's traffic weird. is going slow. Then it came to a complete stop. I'm like, hmm, I'm going to get off and take the other route to Salt Lake, taking uh-huh. 89 all the way to Salt Lake. Well, I get on fucking 89 and there's a wreck there too. And 89 is fucking shut down. Oh no. So there was a wreck on I-15 and a wreck on 89. So the two routes to Salt Lake City both had fucking car accidents <laughs> oh, on it. Oh no. So I got there exactly at 7.01 or something. Uh-huh. And I rushed in there right when he was getting done saying his little spiel about the debate rules. So I got there. When Jason, the moderator, yeah. was giving his opening S- stuff. So yeah. I got there like literally just in time for the actual start of the debate. When I was yeah. planning on being there a half an hour early. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. 
Oh, and then there was all of the construction in the parking lot of the oh, building. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I came up that first spot. I'm like, whoop, I drove the Corvette down. I'm like, ain't pulling the Corvette in there. Uh, yeah. So then I went and parked further away and then had to run through the building. I'm like, what the fuck is it? <laughs> Sarah runs over the map and she's looking at it. I'm like, Sarah, I'm looking at a Google Earth map. I see where I am. I can see the building over there. Let's just go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not all that familiar with the U campus. Uh yeah, I went to school there for a little bit, but that was so long ago and yeah. so much has changed there. Yeah, I I don't know my way around campus very well. And they don't use like traditional addresses and shit. Like it's a building number. So you have to you have to know what building number you're going to and then go to the university campus's their website index. and look at their map there and and Which use that and it's like ridiculous yeah it makes it makes giving people directions for things there on campus a little difficult yeah but we we got in there we got we got we got to see the full debate we didn't miss any of the any of it awesome and uh we'll be talking more about that yeah yeah we'll we'll talk more about that well, uh, anything else i i i broke the belt on my legs so i'm out of oh, lathe no. commission until i get a new belt oh no yeah how'd you do that just get so, old and wear out? No, or? so I've, I've made the mistake a few... T- there's a lock. So you can lock the top spindle out huh. to take tools and put them on and off. And I have a few times forgotten to unlock it and turn the lathe on. So it's still locked. The lathe is on, so it'll spin the belt, but the pulley won't move. The pulley's locked. Oh. So it'll rub. It just burns out and... and... Burn, oh, gosh, shoot. So I did that one too many times, so I got to keep my mind. <laughs> Don't leave it locked or else you'll do the wear more spots. Not, and then it just got worn... To, I, did it again and it wore a spot in it and the belt just snapped. Well, it's, it's, it's like a weird cloth. Uh-huh. So it just stretched uh-huh. and to the point where it's like, I won't work anymore. Uh-huh. So I'm out of commission for that for a little bit. I just made some really cool pen blanks. Yeah. I got one made right now that I was going to send a package to my mom of a big like pot thing I made for her, but I'm just going to hold off because I got a pen I need to make to put in there too now. A pot thing? Yeah, like a little vase pot holder oh, okay. thing yeah. that I made. It looks kind of like a little leprechaun's fucking gold pot. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to send that to my mom. But I'm, I I just poured a blank before I came here to make like a Green Bay Packers style pen. <laughs> what is a Packers style pen? So I just took and made up some resin, one huh. in green, one in yellow. Huh. And I kind of mixed them together so it'll be like a, a green and yellow uh, marbled looking pen, oh. for like the Green Bay Packer colors. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna put that in that box and send it to. You. Nice. Once, Very cool. Once I get a new belt for the lay, then I can make the pen. That's pretty cool. So I I used the uh, pen that you made me during yeah. the debate. It's not only very cool looking; it's also it's very, very functional. functional. <laughs> I'd be getting people on Facebook asking, "Are any of these for sale?" Yeah. So you could you could set up your own little Etsy shop? I, I need to. I need to. I need to just take a day and be like, "Okay, I'm gonna make these 15 pens." See if I can do it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Nice little, happy little side gig. And I like doing it. I get lost doing it. I Like, I've had a few mornings where I've woken up being like, okay, I got to be here at 10 o'clock. So if I wake up at 6, I can go in the garage, I can make a pen, <laughs> and I can shower and change, and uh, then I can leave. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's good. It's a hobby that you really enjoy doing, yeah. and it's cool. I, yeah, I dig it. I, I really like the pen that you made. Thank you. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, let's see over the last week, uh, it was mainly just work and debate prep and editing the show and stuff like that. Um, and then of course the debate itself, yep. we'll talk more about the debate in the next segment. Um, 
because I'm sure it will take a little while to talk about everything that happened and how I feel about it, all that kind of stuff. Um, what else? Oh, we got a leak, a couple, well, there's yeah. a couple fucking, <laughs> it seems like our kitchen faucet is or drain or something. There's always something wrong with it. Either the faucet breaks or there's a leak or there's a problem with the dishwater. Like, and this week it's apparently all of the above. There's a leak in the faucet, maybe in the, uh, in the drain part of it. Yeah. You know, that actually feeds into the wall. It looks like there's water coming out of there. Our dishwasher won't drain. It's like, fuck man. And it I like all happened within like a day or two of each other. And so we've been dealing with that. We got Lily fixed on Friday. Mm -hmm. She seems to be doing good. Went and had her spade. Dude, Friday, she was fucking miserable. <laughs> it was, it was cute in a very sad and pathetic kind of way. Like we, when we went, so Tracy drove her and just dropped her off, right? And then they do the procedure and then they call you when she's done and out of anesthesia and everything. And you're supposed to go back and pick yeah. up your pet. And they're like, when will you be here? So just so we kind of know when to expect you and all of that. And so Tracy, con you know, sent me a text message and they're like, wow, Lily's done already. Said that we can come and pick her up. And she'd only been there for like two or three hours, maybe, okay. which is a lot faster than the other dogs that we've taken into. Well, she's little, to little parts. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, a spay is more invasive than a neuter. Yeah. And yeah. Oliver, they had like all day. So, but there was also the incident with Chappie and this is yeah. still the same vet. And so I think they may have been trying to be extra careful with Oliver and keep mm -hmm. him longer and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't know what the specific circumstances were, but this one was very fast. And so I replied and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I can go on my lunch break for work and we'll go and get her. So. Pile in the car, go and pick her up. As soon as we walk into the vet's office, you can just hear, oh, oh, just in the back. And they're like, are you here for Lily? And we're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, she's going to be so happy to see you. And, and, you know, and then I can't remember exactly what the comment was, but it was, it kind of intimated that not only is she going to be happy to see you, we'll be happy that yeah, she's, she's gone. gone. <laughs> Cause she was just back there crying, oh. just bawling her head off the whole time. Like, I don't know where I am. I'm in pain. I don't know where mom and dad are. What's going on? <laughs> so they, they go and get her oh. and we got, initially they were going to give us just one of the plastic e-collar things, yeah. you know, the cone of shame. Yeah. And those don't work very well for brachiocephalic dogs with very short noses because then they can't eat or drink. Yeah. So. Um, we bought a little donut thing like we had for Oliver when we got him fixed and put that on her and she just hated it. Like as soon as they put it on her, she got really quiet and wouldn't even move. It was just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know if this is a bomb. Any noise I make is going to trigger it. Any movement. I don't know. So <laughs> I saw that movie with the pizza man. So she just, she just basically shut the fuck down, you know, shut the fuck up and shut down. Like she wasn't moving, wouldn't, wouldn't talk or anything. They brought her out and she like was kind of cross-eyed, like her eyes just kind of kept drifting. She couldn't focus on anything and her head was just kind of bobbing around and clearly still pretty drugged up. And yeah. they're like, okay, we'll give you a prescription for a uh, tranquilizer because we, we told them that, you know, she's pretty high strung. She's a puppy. She's very active. She plays a lot. And they're like, well, she needs to not, you know, 
yeah. be very active for the next couple of weeks while she heals. And so they gave us a, a prescription for a tranquilizer for her. And they're like, any, any problems with any other dogs or anything? They're like, we're like, well, Ziggy's also, you know, pretty young and high strung. Like they just play together all mm-hmm. the time and he's not going to leave her alone. And they're like, okay, well, we'll increase the number of pills so you can give one to Ziggy also <laughs> if he needs it to just leave her alone for a little bit. So we bring her home and, you know, she's obviously still in a lot of pain. She's just like panting on and off. And when she's not panting, it's just, <laughs> just, just moaning the whole time. Tracy goes back to work. Um, I did like an hour of work while Tracy was watching her in her office. I get off for the day. And took Lily and just sat down on the couch and put her on my lap trying to get her calmed down so she'd sleep it off, you know, get some rest and get feeling better. Mm -hmm. And I don't know exactly what the deal was. I don't know if she was just in that much pain or what the deal was, but she wouldn't go to sleep. She wouldn't lay down. She kept standing up and just like staring at me like, I don't know what's going on. Please help. Please help. I just, it hurts everywhere. And she she wouldn't get off my lap, was in an obvious amount of you know, pretty terrible pain and I couldn't get her to lay down. I, you know, there were a couple of times when I kind of picked her up and laid her on her side mm-hmm. and start, started stroking her, see if she'd go to sleep. And she just wouldn't, she just kept standing up and leaning against me or looking at me. And, you know, then her eyes had kind of drooped down and she'd kind of drift off and, you know, basically fall asleep on her feet and then jerk back away. Well, she's probably like, last time I fell asleep, I woke up in a strange place. I can't fall asleep again. <laughs> That's basically it. Yeah. Just, you know, so it was, I don't know, four hours of that while Tracy finished up her work day. And then she came out and Lily, at at one point I put her over on the part of the couch where Tracy always sits and turned on Tracy's electric blanket so that, you know, it was nice and warm. Yeah. Maybe it'll Calming. help her feel a little better and she'll fall asleep there. And she didn't. She just came back over and, you know, stood on my lap and kept trying to get my attention for whatever. And so Tracy finishes up her day, comes out, goes to sit down on the couch, and apparently Liddy or Lily had peed oh. on on her blanket over there. So then we had to wash that, you know, going through all kinds of laundry and stuff and washing stuff and you know, had she she vomited in her bed, mm-hmm. she pooped on one of the rugs in the entryway. It was just like <laughs> she didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I think the tranquilizer that we gave her ended up Wasn't, just making her sick. Yeah. You know, just made her more disoriented and nauseous. And so we haven't given her any more tranquilizers. And, she was high and confused. And then I spent, I think, four hours yesterday power washing yeah. five or six different rugs that we have in the house. Yeah, I saw all those out there. I'm like, oh, yeah, he had that water leak. I wonder if it was that bad. He had to take all the rugs out. Oh, uh, no, it was... Lily. It was a couple of them, you know, one of them had vomit on it. The other had poop on it. <laughs> and then, and then the others, it was just like, well, fuck, I'm out here washing all the rugs. I might like, as well, well wash these yeah. ones too. So yeah, they're all hanging up to dry. I think they'll be dry later today, but that, and then the plumbing issues and the debate and everything. And I'm so glad the debate is over. It was just like this huge weight mm-hmm. off of my shoulders. I now have a little bit more time in my day to do other things, but that just becomes consumed with other stuff that I had put off to the side <laughs> until now. And now we've got to call a plumber and have them come out and look at everything. And it's been a week. Yeah. But 
but it was good. I think I think the debate went fairly well, but it was a learning experience. Yes, yes, for sure. And we'll talk about that more on the other side of this little break. All right, stick around, everybody. Hi, this is Christine Stenquist with Truce, together for responsible use in cannabis education. If you're interested in medical cannabis in Utah, follow us on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Truce Utah. If you're interested in donating to our awesome nonprofit, go to truceutah.org. And thank you so much for listening to the Godless Revolution podcast. In order for any hypothesis to be veridical, meaning it can be true or false, it has to be falsifiable. There have to be things you can say about your hypothesis which, if true, would make it false. If, if we found a black polar bear, the statement, all polar bears are white, would be falsified, right? We haven't yet, which strengthens the hypothesis. So I would ask you, what kind of statements could be made which, if true, would prove theism false? If you can't do that, you don't even have, not only do you not have a coherent definition, you don't even have a coherent hypothesis of this being that you are arguing for. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. Well, we got a nice little call. Yeah, we did. A couple calls, a couple messages from Mr. Jonathan Ariola from the Too Deep Too Fast podcast calling to wish me luck on the debate. Yeah. Which was very, very nice. He called the day after the debate. Well, he, <laughs> but, he mentions that in the in the yeah, message. Yeah, yeah. So so no big deal. But I thought I thought uh, he brought up some good points and some interesting things that we could talk about here during the segment. So I wanted to play his couple of messages. Here's the first one, and we'll we'll stop and make comments throughout. So here 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 we go. Hello, you wonderful people. Hello. How are you doing? It's good to good to hear your voice, Jonathan. Just calling in, wishing you good luck on the debate. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, I don't know when you'll get this, if it's before or after, because I'm a shitty with dates. <laughs> Which is fine. That's totally fine. Yeah. But uh, I just wanted to throw my two cents in the ring, because, you know, fucking, why not? Uh, <laughs> one of the things that always bothered me a lot when it came to uh, religious folks is their use of various religious jargon. For example, faith. Because there's a lot of, oh, you just have to have faith in the Bible. You just have to have faith in God's will. You just have to have faith. <laughs> and um, knowing that any type of jargon is essentially just a means by which to say regular words, but with mysticism attached to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people, I mean... During the debate, Jeff Durbin asked me, so you have faith about this, whatever? And yeah. it's like, no, I don't have faith. I mean, it, it, it all depends on your definition and, and how you're using the word. Are you, ta- are you saying that I, I have faith in it as a mystical concept that this thing may occur if I just really, really fucking hope for it super hard? No, that's not how it fucking works. And I, and I think you did try to pin him down once on definitions, mm-hmm. but he kind of did, he kind of floated around it. Yeah, he did. And, uh, I kind of wish, well, we'll talk more about how the, how the whole thing opened up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just means hope, you know, well, it's like, I hope that this is a thing yeah. <laughs> because faith mm-hmm. isn't some sort of magical, mystical sky daddy reality. It's, it's just someone hoping that this is the way that it works. And when I hear someone talk about their religious ideas and they say that they have faith in it, it's just, you know, I replace it in my head, kind of like 
the Mormon editing now legal uh, stuff. Never mind the coal. Pardon that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Jonathan works as a truck driver at a at a coal mine, so I think that's what he was talking he was, about. He was just getting all filled up. <laughs> it's really loud here. Um, so maybe when you're doing your debate prep, you know, try to go over some of the jargon words that they use and figure out what the fuck it's supposed to mean according to normal human beings <laughs> and use that as your reference point. So when they say you just need to have faith in the Bible, it just means you hope that the Bible exists and it's, well, it, it exists. It's just that it's a real thing. Um, the second thing I can think of is that uh, it was from that movie, Thank You for Smoking. Mm. And it basically follows that debate cycle of this guy trying to make sure that the tobacco departments and organizations didn't get fucked over that that conversation he has with the son saying that, okay, so did he win? Says, well, uh, the answer is not about what, who won. It's about what the audience saw. Mm-hmm. And that's the big, big part yeah. of any debate is trying to win over the audience or at least get them to be able to listen to you. And there are certain things that you can do during a debate, a debate that will help you get the audience's attention. And hopefully they'll at least listen to you and, and try to keep an open mind about things. And then there's other things that you can do that will shut the audience down and, and turn them off from listening to anything that you have to say. And so it's, it's kind of a difficult line to walk and you have to kind of know what, who your audience is and what they believe and, and why they're there. What are their motivations for being there? Are they actually seeking truth and honesty? Are they looking to merely hear points that would bolster what they already believe? Are they completely open? They don't have a, an opinion either way. And so you, it's good to kind of have some feel for who's in the audience yeah. and what and what their expectations and it, are. And it did appear that there was a church group bust in. There were a lot of religious people there. Yeah. Uh, when I was speaking to the moderator before the debate, uh, Jason, he was telling me that they had people fly in from Texas, Arizona, Wyoming. There were... And and of course, these were all religious people yes. <laughs> that, that flew in specifically to watch this debate because I had never heard of Jeff Durbin or, uh, what's White. the other guy? White, yeah. I never think heard of his them first either. name. Starts with a J. Anyway, I had never heard of either of them prior to be, prior to having this debate arranged and everything, but apparently they're pretty big on the apologist circuit and they have their own little group of fans who yeah. travel around and like to hear them debate atheists and stuff. So I was unaware of that until yeah. the debate was already set up. And then I didn't know that they had like throngs of adoring fans that would actually travel around the country just to see them. Like, like these guys are rock musicians. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I didn't think they were all that impressive. No, because if you're not arguing against the person, you're arguing for the audience. <laughs> And also thinking that, you know, you're going to have people who show up knowing in their heart of hearts, another jargon thing, that you're going to lose. Yeah. And there's going to be people knowing in their gut, being less jargony, but still jargony, um, that you'll win. Mm -hmm. And knowing that never shall the two streams cross. 
And that's just going to be the way that it breaks down. You're going to have people that, no matter what the fuck you say, aren't going to believe a word of it. And there are going to be some people who, uh, doesn't matter what you say, they may not believe it, but they're not going to change the position on. And then the call cut off because I think there's a three minute limit on on phone calls, voicemail messages that you can leave. So he called back. Yep. And and left the rest of his thoughts. Hey, it's Jonathan again. Uh, sorry about that. I forgot how short these things are, and also how long-winded I am. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, main point: jargon, religion. That's the thing. Like when they say faith, they really mean is hope. Mm-hmm. Hope that's the thing. And there's going to be a lot of those, especially with presuppositionalists who who are pieces of shit in general. Yes, <laughs> I can't agree with you any more than I already yeah. do. Like. It's it's a slimy fucking tactic to just say, not only is there a God, but I don't have to offer any proof. And in fact, the, any proof that I would offer you is you even showing up here because yeah, you is, know in your heart of hearts that God exists. You're just denying that truth in your unrighteousness. You know, you've been, God has put his word on your heart and mind. So you know that he exists. You're just suppressing that knowledge. It's like, well, how the fuck can I know something that I'm not aware that I know? Yeah. That doesn't make any fucking sense at all. So you're either calling me a liar or you're telling me that I know something I don't know, which would also indicate that I'm lying or I'm having some mental break or you're just a giant fucking asshole who has no justification for the things that you believe and you're spouting bullshit. Yeah. Cause if I know God is real, I'm not going to be a fucking atheist. Yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be an atheist activist. I'm not going to have a podcast. I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not yeah. going to do any of the things no, so that I'm currently doing because you know, you're wrong. Yeah. Unless I'm just in league with the devil and I want yeah. the world to burn. And that's just fucking stupid. That's dumb. That's dumb. It's, I was honestly surprised. I'm, I'm constantly surprised at the low level of intelligence of a lot of religious people. And don't get me wrong. I know there are some very, very intelligent, very brilliant people who are also for whatever reason, religious. A lot of those people compartmentalize their religious Mm -hmm. belief so that they can continue their lives without breaking down into, into a puddle of cognitive dissonance in their driveway before they leave for the day. But it's not that they're intelligent because of their religion or, or anything else like that. I think a lot of, lower intelligence people are drawn to religion because it offers them comfort in a world that is otherwise very harsh to them. And it's a really sad state of affairs. I just, I I don't, and I don't know what to do to solve the problem other than to try to continue edu that other than to try to continue educating people on where they're wrong and showing them how and why they're wrong Mm -hmm. and giving them better alternatives than letting some dishonest jackass talk to them from a pulpit and tell them, you know, who they should hate and why. Yeah. And it's always God said it. Well, I'm telling you that God said it. And so you need to do this or God's going to be really sad. Okay. Or really mad, which is even worse. Um, but also that, you know, that's what you're going to be dealing with. And also the audience isn't necessarily going to be swayed that there's going to be a lot of people who are on the one side and the other. And, their position's not going to change a whole hell of a lot because of what you say. And it's just that small middle margin that might, that you really need to focus on. And kind of like the movie, thank you for smoking, that it's not about whether or not you won or the other person won and whether or not 
that they have the best evidence necessarily. It's that you can make the case to that middle audience to try to convince them to lean in your direction. Yeah, and that's totally that's totally accurate and fair to say because, like I said, I I think, well, I know that there were a ton of religious people who yeah. showed up there from all over the place because Durbin and White have this little fan club that they've built up, a, the, a cult that travels around, of sorts, a cult following. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> and there is. Um, a whole series of podcasts, I believe, that it's uh, Intelligence Squared, I believe it is, where the whole premise is arguing a debate where you pull the audience of what they think this is true or that's true, and then they pull at the end to see what the largest amount of difference is. And that- yeah, I think that is the Intelligence Squared debate series mm-hmm. where they they submit whatever proposition and have the audience vote on it. They'll They'll conduct a poll of the audience, have them vote on what their initial beliefs were going into the debate. And then what they believe about the proposition at the end of the of the debate to see which side presented a better argument or was able or, or at least was able to sway more of the audience. Yeah. Who so they decide is the winning person and maybe look at it from that perspective of whether or not this debate is positive in, in your favor, because I'm sure that you're going to run into shit that you might not have prepared for or. That, you know, you were prepared for, but didn't present properly the way that you'd wanted to, because regret is just a human in Denver, in Denver, endeavor. In <laughs> but either way that, you know, I believe in you. You should believe in you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And instead of having faith in you, I just hope that you'll do a good job, because I think you've done a good job with the show, both. Of you guys, because there's only two in the most recent episode, but you know when Matt gets back, all three of you. <laughs> yeah, Matt is still in the UK. We talked about that at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Morris from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast posted a picture of the two of them together. It looked like they were maybe at a comedy club. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looked like. Matt, Matt looked like he was about as joyous as Matt gets. Yes, he, uh, <laughs> he cracked a bit of a it, smile. Yeah, it looked like he had a little bit of a smile yeah. there, so he must really be enjoying himself. Yes. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, good luck. You'll do fine. And some people won't care whatever the hell you say. So, you know, imagine them naked. I'm sure that's a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, bye bye. (laughs) Yeah, there were, there were, uh, I, I have in the past had that in mind when I've spoken in front of crowds. Um, this was a little different for me because I've never participated in a formal debate before. Yeah. Usually before it's me just up there speechifying, you know, yeah. I'm just, I'm up there delivering a talk or I'm introducing, you know, introducing a, guest. a yeah. guest or somebody else. Yeah. Or, or kicking off an event mm-hmm. or whatever. This was, this was a different animal for me. And I was, as I've expressed in multiple episodes leading up to the debate, feeling very anxious about everything. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of anxiety. And then. During the debate, of course, I was nervous, and it was fucking cold in there, man. And the PA systems. Yeah, I heard a lot of people complaining about that. That it was very echoey, very crackly, like they're old, blown out speakers. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Maybe it's just a connection between the mic. Maybe I don't know, but I I tried to project my voice quite a bit while I was up there because it's yeah. not a giant. I mean, it's a large auditorium, but it's not giant, and I thought. Well, I can probably just be loud enough that everybody can hear me yeah. over anything anyway. So 
I tried to project quite a bit, but it was really fucking cold up there, man. Uh, I had brought a jacket because it was a kind of a chilly day and yeah. then I left it with Tracy. And before the debate started, I was sitting up on stage and I thought, man, it's really chilly in here. I should maybe go get my jacket and I'll just wear my jacket on stage. And then I thought, well, that'll look weird. And <laughs> it's probably just that, you know, it's the building's been empty all weekend or, or you know, throughout the week or whatever. And they, I'm sure have turned on the heat now. And with all no. of these people in here, it'll, it'll warm up. No, it yeah, didn't. No. It was fucking cold the yeah. whole time. I was, I was up there just like my hands were like ice. And yeah, I was just shivering a little bit here and there because it was fucking cold up they, there. They they probably run it like a government building. Yeah. Like, oh no, we don't turn the heat on until November 15th, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> that could be. Um, but yeah, it was really cold in the building. So let's, let's talk more about the debate and, yeah. and some of the feedback I've received and, and things that I've seen other people saying elsewhere. Um, first, uh, I, I, I should let everybody know the, the, I have received an ample amount of feedback that a lot of people weren't very happy with Dr. Clark's performance. They felt that he was, uh, a little too fiery, a little too fiery, maybe, maybe a little too confrontational. Um, but there are a lot, a lot of mitigating factors in all of that, I think as well. Um, he, he did the full opening, you know, it, mm -hmm. and we had talked back and forth about, are we going to split the opening? Are we going to split the close? Are we going to split the rebuttal? Um, and then we, you know, after, after talking with him some more, I decided, okay, well, you can just do the full opening. Um, I'll do the rebuttal and then maybe we'll split the close or whatever. And being as busy as I am, I feel like I need to apologize to Dr. Clark for not being as communicative as I probably should have been about how I thought the debate would go and what they were going to say and how mm -hmm. best to counter that. In my mind, I thought, okay, Greg is a scientist. He's a brilliant, brilliant scientist mm -hmm. in the areas of biology, technology, all of that stuff. You know, he's done incredible work creating bioprostheses for people who have lost a limb. And I was, I was really wishing he was going to bring that up when they're talking about how everything is perfectly designed. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I should have been more communicative with him about how I thought they were going to approach the debate, the types of arguments that they would use and how we should counter those. Um, I, you know, I, I made a post on Facebook I think the weekend before the debate when Greg and I had met and I, I went and listened to him present his opening argument, his opening statement mm -hmm. and, um, watched him go through the whole thing. And I thought it was great. It wasn't as fiery. It didn't seem as confrontational then watching him, you know, just, just he and I, as it was on stage. And I think, Part of that is because during the opening, okay, let me back up a little bit. So I think the first thing that everybody should know is that there was a, there was a ton, a ton of email back and forth with Greg and Jason Wallace, the pastor who was the mediator and who had coordinated the event had, you know, got James, James White, that's who it is, James yeah. White and Jeff Durbin to come and do the debate. And then he was looking for atheists to argue on the other side. Yeah. And he'd 
had become aware of Dr. Clark, I think, through his, uh, a couple editorials that he had posted in, in uh, like, uh, on Tribune. the Salt Lake Tribune. Yeah. Uh, he writes he writes uh, great fiery. editorials, yeah. fiery editorials, criticizing the LDS Church, criticizing other faiths, uh, basically offering an atheist's perspective or viewpoint on a lot of local issues here in Utah. And I think his editorials are are great. They're fantastic. And I think the work that he does with with uh, the the bio prosthetics, bio prosthetics. Thank you. Um, is awesome. It's mm-hmm. incredible. I mean, not only can people that are using this device just use their mind to mm-hmm. control the device itself, to open and close its fingers, to create a grasp, to wave, to do all of these other things, but there are sensors built into this device itself that offers them feedback so that it to them, they feel the world around them. They feel things when they touch it with their bioprosthetic hand so that they know how much pressure to apply when gripping an egg or a grape yeah. or, or well, anything so that it, you know, they, they can, it, to them, it feels a lot like their former hand. They have sensation. They can feel yep. heat, temperature, pressure, all of these little things that you take for granted that you lose when you lose that limb. And if you're offered a prosthetic that a prosthetic device that just looks somewhat similar to a hand, but isn't very functional, whatever, you know, this, this not only is function, I mean, it's super functional it, and you control it with the power of your mind through an implanted device that Greg's team has, you know, collaborated with other teams to create and connect it to nerve endings in your, in your body that still mm-hmm. exist and transmit electrical impulses down to this device and feed, you know, create a feedback loop to your brain so that you know what's going on and you have real spatial uh awareness of this thing and and it just feels like a natural extension of your body for a lot of the people that have been using it well i think he's before he worked on that he worked on the uh development of the cochlear implants did he i, I, I thought i remember sure. him saying that he he was like when the cochlear implants are first coming out he was part of the teams that were helping develop that like back in what like the 70s or 80s and stuff. oh wow yeah i wasn't aware of that so I, I remember, well i remember when he sat in the studio and he was talking about like his earliest research for these prosthetics was on sea slugs mm. because they had the largest uh, uh, canals for their nervous system. It was like a single nerve that went their whole body. It's like, okay, if we start off with that, we can control that. Okay, let's go smaller. Keep going smaller. Keep going smaller. More, smaller and more nerves, smaller and more nerves. So they got to the point where like, hey, we think we can do this on a human. Wow. And that's where when. I'm maybe jumping ahead here a bit, but when they brought up like <laughs> the eye and those parts, uh-huh. like, it's like, Dr. Greg, this is your like, wheelhouse. this is your wheelhouse. Yeah. You should be able to go there and explain like, Hey, this creature has the same nerve we do, but it's giant. And it's a single one. Like it's an early version mm-hmm. of what we have. We have, we had that in our, you know, earliest of evolutions, but we've, uh, evolved past that and it's gotten more complex and more complex and more complex and mm. more complex through fucking evolution. It didn't start this way. Mm. It had to be something else first. Mm. And I wish he kind of would have went through that and said, it's not, we weren't designed this way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and actually I'm thinking, so we're talking about the debate now and it's still not even available for public consumption yeah. yet. I was told that it would be one to two weeks until the video was completed and released. And I will be sure to let everybody know when that's available. I'll post a link to it. We may talk about it on another episode. 
but so a lot of the things that I'm saying may not make sense to you right now because you haven't been able to watch the debate or, or hear it or whatever. And I just thought that we're recording today and we had talked about there's going to be a bit of a lag. What yeah. I'm hoping is that the debate will be released between now and the next time we re- we record or shortly after we record. And then I can release that as a separate episode yeah. as – Okay, here's the debate. You all can listen to it here or watch it, know know what happened, and then that can be kind of a filler between our transition and schedule and everything. That'll mm-hmm. work out. That'll work out well. Uh, so anyway, I was saying there were a lot of e- emails exchanged back and forth with Greg asking, you know, well, what is it that you know you, Jason Wallace, and Jeff Durbin and James White believe about all of these different topics? And I mean, there were shit, probably 50 or 60 emails exchanged back and forth. And these weren't necessarily even just one line or, you know, quick question emails. There were fairly long, you know, detailed questions with detailed responses back and forth. Um, and then when we were trying to decide, you know, who's going to take what section, um, initially we had talked about splitting the opening, which is what Jeff and James Mm -hmm. did. Um, but in the end, me being so busy, and knowing everything that Dr. Clark wanted to say and then meeting with him and seeing that, you know, the, the presentation that he gave me at the university was, I think, 13 minutes long when, when we were timing it. I was like, okay, well, you just, you go ahead and handle the whole opening. I'll handle the entire rebuttal and then maybe we'll split the close or whatever. And you know, came back home, worked on my rebuttal, did more research on what white and Durbin usually say, how they go about presenting their arguments, um, and how to best counter those. And I want to thank a couple different people, um, who gave me some great information on the best way to counter a lot of these arguments that they would be presenting. And that's a couple listeners from the show, Lars Bilback and DJ Graham. Lars sent us a message on at our Godless Revolution Facebook page, yep. and DJ Graham sent us a tweet out on out on Twitter at TGR Podcast, and they both actually pointed me to episodes ninety seven and ninety eight of the Reasonable Doubts podcast that is hosted by David Fletcher, Jeremy Behan, Luke Galen, and Justin Schieber, who we've had on the show yeah. before, and. I've listened to all of the Reasonable Doubt shows, and it's one of my favorite podcasts. And back when I was listening to it, I didn't have as much respect for philosophy as I do now. (laughs) Um, I I used to have this opinion that philosophy was just kind of dumb. That that it's, well, it's just fucking people sitting around thinking about stuff and coming up with their ideas about it. But they, you know, they're they're not really, there's no evidence back you know, it's not evidence-based or anything. And I was just totally fucking wrong. My whole, my, my views on philosophy have changed so much since I initially listened to reasonable doubts that I should go back and listen to all of the episodes again. Um, but in episodes 97 and 98, they, they talk about presuppositionalism and how to address a lot of the specific claims that are being made and some of the good, uh, counter apologetics that can be employed when, when debating people who are using presuppositionalist debate tactics, yeah. which are just fucking slimy and gross. Um, so I listened to those episodes and actually included a lot of the information from those episodes in my rebuttal. Um, so I did the rebuttal and then we were talking about maybe splitting the closing, but I know that 
after watching Greg's opening, I knew there, there were things that he wanted to finish the debate off with. Mm -hmm. And my reasoning and, and his too, I believe I, I would have to double check with him, but it's, it's what I, what I got through, um, through thinking back on what he had mentioned is that, you know, he felt the most important parts were the opening and the closing, that those are the things that people are going to walk away from the debate. You know, they're, they're first going to get an impression of how you're going to be arguing your case during your opening. And then they're going to remember your closing most. You know, yeah. What did you say at the end that was impactful that they will walk away from the debate remembering? And so I thought, okay, great. It, because you think those things are too, are so closely tied. And I can't say that I disagree. I, I think they are. Um, because I knew that he had more that he wanted to present in his opening. I thought, okay, well, I'll just let him wrap all of that up with the closing. I'm so busy anyway, you know, handling the rebuttal and then, you know, creating a list of questions that I wanted to ask during the cross-examination cross yeah. periods for both people and, and thinking about all of the ways in which I would answer a lot of the questions that I'd heard them ans ask before, you know, these, these are, these are the things that I was most focused on was my rebuttal and questions that I wanted to ask them to expose them as being shitheads. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm sure that in life, you know, in their, in their everyday course of life, they're, they're fine people, but I really despise the way in which they conduct themselves during a debate because it's a dishonest tactic that they employ. It's, it's really fucking slimy and to me indicates that they don't actually even believe the things that they're saying because they have to employ this tactic. If they actually believed what they were saying, they would have good reasons to believe the things that they do and they would provide those, but they don't. Mm -hmm. They just say, well, I know it. Everybody else knows it. Even you who are an atheist knows that God exists, but you're just denying it. Well, there, there was even, there's one part where they said, like, we've already won because they know God's true yeah. because they're up here debating us. Therefore, they know God is true. Or why else would they always want to debate us? And my thought in my head, I'm like, wait, <laughs> you're the one that requested the debate. Yeah. They yeah. didn't want to debate you. They contacted you. us. Yeah. You contacted them or the, yeah, they contacted you. So no, they didn't ask to debate you. They don't debate you professionally. Yeah. That's, well, that's what you do. Yeah. That's the other thing. That's the other thing that I think a lot of people should keep in mind when they do eventually watch or listen to the debate is that white and Durban do this for a living. I mean, this is their fucking job. Right? Yeah. This is what they do. And I have a regular job. I have, yeah. I have a regular job. I do the podcast. I do volunteer work for American atheists and atheists of Utah and Planned Parenthood and a bunch of other organizations. I have a family. I, you know, I have a bunch of other shit going on. I'm not focused on religion 24 seven. Like, like these guys they, are. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, there were a bunch of emails exchanged back and forth. Uh, we, we decided that's what we were going to do. You know, Greg was going to do the opening and closing. I do the rebuttal. And then, you know, I was going to focus on a bunch of questions that I would ask them and then try to think of all of the different types of questions they could ask me and come up with a good response for those. And I, I prepared this really long list anyway. So the debate starts and Greg offers his opening and this segment is running a little bit long. So where are we going to take a small break before we talk about the opening? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll, we'll get back to more debate talk after this little break because this is a longish segment. So. Okay. <laughs> Aloha, everybody. 
This is Nico Gonzalez, former Jehovah's Witness and a content producer for the Conversations with God podcast. Be on the lookout for my own show, coming soon, called If I Was God. You're listening to The Godless Revolution. How do you decide what to cherry-pick? You decide what to cherry-pick on the basis of what you have decided is a good thing on other criteria. So we reject the horrific story of Lot and the angels and all the other horrific stories in the Old Testament and the mega-horrific story, as I've just said, of, of the New Testament. You pick on nice stories like the Sermon on the Mount. But the criterion by which you do your cherry-picking is, of course, something that we all share, which is we are decent human beings. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. So the debate starts, and Greg gives his opening, and I think he lost the crowd pretty Quick. pretty early on. Yeah. Um, he was he was very confrontational. He, he seemed, I mean, even even as being somebody who's on his side on stage, you know, participating in the debate with him on on one side against these Christian apologists, I, he lost me. It was it was much more. It came off much more angry and bitter and confrontational than it did when he presented it to me when when I met with him at the university. Yeah, there, there's a few times where me and Sarah kind of looked at her like, uh, yeah, and that was. That was the feedback that I got almost universally after the debate. Yeah, a little and, cringy at points. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I kind of understand how that all happened. I mentioned earlier there were a ton of emails back and forth. During those email exchanges, um, at one point, Jason started copying uh, James White on his replies. Okay. So he's basically you know, forwarding this long email chain of all of Greg's thoughts to, to Dr. White. Do, I say doctor in scare quotes. Uh, so he, you know, he's been sending all of Greg's correspondence to the opponents. Yeah. To our opponents. Yeah. And so Greg got really fucking mad about that. And understandably so, um, I can understand perhaps the debate moderator, you know, sending off a list of questions that Greg has, but not forwarding Greg's email yeah. with Greg's email address to our opponents for the debate. I thought that was, that was a little, and I, I don't think there was any ill intent behind it. I think he just, I think Jason probably just it. wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. So that pissed Greg off. Um, and during the email exchange back and forth, I had seen a few debates where people were using like PowerPoint presentations mm -hmm. with graphics and, you know, text and all that kind of stuff to, to drive home specific points during their, during their arguments. Right. Yeah. And so Greg and I wondered, okay, well, are we going to, do we need to create a, a PowerPoint presentation slide media display to be up there while we're talking, you know, if they're going to do that, then we want to make sure that we do that also. And so Greg posed the question to Jason and Jason replied back and said, in the past, we've had uh, debates where that has gone well, others where it hasn't gone well. I don't know if they plan to use one. I don't know what the equipment at the university is mm -hmm. like, if you'll even be able to connect to anything. So let's just say that, you know, it's not going to happen unless you hear differently from me. Unless yeah. you hear any differently within the next week, just plan on nobody's going to use any media whatsoever during their during their 
argument sessions. Mm -hmm. So Greg and I were like, okay, great. That's fine. So then we get on stage. Greg does his opening. I think upset a lot of people in the crowd initially, like right from the get go. And, you know, didn't really, he didn't, he didn't win anybody over to his side of the argument. I think he put a lot of people off like right out of the gate. Yeah. And then, um, jet, uh, I keep forgetting his first James. name. James, thank you. <laughs> Jesus, James gets up there and he's doing, you know, he and Jeff split the opening. James is doing his presentation during the opening and he holds up his like iPad large or, tablet that yeah. he's got. And it's a, I think it was a picture of a scroll, a scroll. or something yeah. that he, that he wanted everybody to look at. And he was, I, I honestly, I was only half listening to him because it I was, was making notes about what Jeff had said before that. It was a scroll in which he's like, it said, this was written, you know, 500 years before the time of Jesus Christ. And this foretold oh, Jesus that Jesus Christ. Christ would be resurrected. Oh, so it, the it was a prophecy that came true. And, and which is fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, fucking. So anyway, so he you know, we're not supposed to use any media and he does this with his, with his tablet while we were sitting there. And I turned and looked at Greg and saw that Greg was obviously very, very pissed off about this, that Durbin's using this bit of media while he's giving his thing. And he turns and he starts talking to Jason, the yeah. moderator who's sitting behind James while James is doing his opening. And there's a little kerfuffle as they're mm -hmm. talking to each other. And so the time kind of stops, James kind of stops and he turns and and he's like, is there, is there a problem is, you know, what's going on? And Greg said, well, you know, we're not supposed to be using media. We, I, I was told that we, nobody would be using any media at all. And James is like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I do something wrong? And, and then the uh, Jason, the moderator yeah. got up and, and he said a little something and, you know, apologized to Greg and Greg's like, from you, I'll accept the apology, but not from him. Yeah. <laughs> and was, and I think he got up and said something as far as like, Hey, we agreed before this, that it's either everyone gets to use multimedia or nobody gets to use multimedia. And we said nobody was using it. Right. Yeah. And then James tried to offer some defense as, Oh, well, you know, it's just my iPad. I'm just holding yeah. this up. Most people can't even see it. Okay. Most people who are going to see and hear this debate aren't fucking here right now. It's yeah. the people who are going to be at home watching and, or listening to this. And you've just done this, that which I'm guessing will obviously be spliced into the video at some point. As or that this is what that was he was holding in. up. Right. Which is a, another slimy fucking deceptive, shitty fucking thing to do during the debate. So I understand why Greg was super pissed mm -hmm. off about it. I just kind of wrote it off as, you know, they're obviously, Sh shitty assholes <laughs> who are, who are, you know, being deceptive in their practices while, while trying to host this debate. And after Greg gave his opening, um, you know, the James and Jeff gave their opening and then Greg, and at the end of James and Jeff's opening, the crowd erupted in cheers and everything. Yeah. And this was after, before the debate even started, the moderator said, hold all of your applause until the end, blah, blah, blah. So James and Jeff finished their opening and all well, of the religious people in the crowd start cheering. Not, not just that. We, I, I don't know if you could hear it on stage, but I had people behind me every time, like they would say stuff here. I'm going, amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. So the moderator gets up again and says, you know, I thought I was very clear at the opening of the debate. I would like you to hold your applause until the very end. None of the people here on stage are being paid for their appearances here well. tonight. This is, <laughs> yeah, right. 
Greg and I weren't paid. Yeah. Jeff and James do this as a living. So they're generating revenue through getting their crowds on whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're going to release the video on their website yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but, but I think Jason, the moderator handled it pretty well. He's like, you know, I, I thought I was pretty clear before. I don't want anybody making any noise, no applause, nothing while people are speaking. And then he didn't enforce that the rest of the debate. No. Like, like you said, anytime James or Jeff were up there and they'd say something, there were, there was a ripple throughout the crowd of amen or hallelujah or yeah. praise Jesus or, you know, all these different things that the crowd was doing that the moderator didn't ever attempt to stop again, which bothered me. And I know it bothered Greg. Um, so then Greg, you know, uh, they do their opening. Greg does his opening. I get up for the rebuttal, uh, after a short bathroom break Mm -hmm. and I, you know, had been making notes throughout. I I had pre-written a lot of my rebuttal because I knew there were specific things that I wanted to say. But then as I was listening to James and Jeff speak, I also started writing notes, countering, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to make sure that I addressed some of the specific points that they spoke about that evening that weren't part of my initial rebuttal that I'd written out. So I put those things in there and when I timed my rebuttal before the debate, it came in at just over eight minutes. And so I figured, okay, well, I've got a couple minutes that I can squeeze some other things into there. So my notes here should be fine. I get up and start delivering, delivering my rebuttal. And because I didn't have anywhere to hook up my laptop, I'm sitting up on stage the whole time, you know, writing stuff down on a notepad and then entering it into my phone. Uh, yeah, I saw you playing on your phone. I'm like, are you texting Tracy or what? <laughs> no, I was, I was entering notes from that I wanted to use in my rebuttal. Yeah. You know, I was entering notes into my rebuttal speech that I had created on my phone and then I get up to the, to the, to the dais or the podium podium. Thank you. I'm standing at the podium and I'm kind of going through my speech and I did something with my thumb that basically made it all very tiny and shifted everything way off. And so then I'm standing on stage and it was like, Oh fuck. I can't read my notes. I can't see what's going on. And so then I just kind of fumbled for a minute, tried to fill dead air and I stumbled a bit and whatever. And then I finally got a little bit more on track, but I couldn't see, I couldn't see or scan through real quick to find out where I had finished off or where I'd left off. So I stumbled a bit there, but I think for the most part, my rebuttal was, was pretty good. Um, there were a few more things in it that I wanted to address that I just ran out of time for Mm. because I ended up putting too much in to address what James and Jeff had just said. And yeah, I'll have to figure out a better system of doing that. I mean, being able to use my computer would have been, would have been great, but yeah, it was just, it was frustrating and all of that. So I do my rebuttal. They do their rebuttal. Then we move into the Q and a and I got really fucking tired. There's, there's something. I can hear it in your voice when you let out, it was you, I think this went at one point. Bullshit. Yeah, I did. I did. I said bullshit. I got very, very frustrated. There are a few things that frustrate me more than when I hear religious people, particularly religious people who believe in young earth creationism, deny evolution, deny climate change, deny all of these other scientific consents, you know, points of consensus Mm -hmm. within the scientific community. And then I hear these religious apologists get up on stage and stand at a podium and start talking about particular aspects of science that they think backs up their position. And they do it in an attempt to make themselves sound a lot fucking smarter about science than they are. There are specific points of science that they think are still a little bit mysterious, but really neat. And if I 
tell the crowd that I know this bit of science, they're going to believe me that I know a lot more about science. And so when I say that I don't believe in evolution and I don't believe in climate change and I don't believe other th these other things, they can point to this other thing where, oh, well, he was right about this bit of science yeah. and he sounds like a smart guy, so I'm going to believe him because I also believe God and this guy believes God and he's smart, so I should just do what he says. It fucking pisses me off. It's To me, it's like, no, you are denying bits of science that 90% of the scientific community agrees with because they don't align with your particular narrative. And so you push them away. So keep science out of your fucking mouth while you're on stage, because you have not demonstrated any capacity or capability to understand the science behind all of these other things that you deny you're picking and choosing just like you do from your fucking book of fairy tales, mm -hmm. what you're going to talk about to reinforce your points. If you want to have an honest conversation about it, let's be honest about it. Let's talk about all of these things. No, you're going to reject all of this other stuff, present this one tiny little bit of science that you, under, that you have a, a little bit of a grasp on so that it makes it look like you're intelligent about the world of science and you're not, you're a fucking charlatan sit down and shut the fuck up. And that pisses me off so much. Yeah. <laughs> so white does all of his bullshit about ATP. Yeah. Durbin gets up there and he's talking about fish becoming philosophers, which I was kind of, when he, when he kept hammering you on that, where he goes, well, then Dan, you do believe that fish become philosophers. Like, well, that's when I said, no, it's no, bullshit. Shit. I just got fucking tired. Yeah. I got really fucking tired of him saying that. Even after I said during my rebuttal, you know, it's not my fault that Jeff Durbin doesn't understand how, how evolution, evolution works. works. Yeah. Fish don't become philosophers. Humans become philosophers. Yeah. And there's a big difference there. It's not my fault that he doesn't understand it. I've got friends who study this for a living. I can certainly point him to some great resources if he'd like to learn more. Well, then I, I did like it when he goes to question you and says, well, earlier, Dan, you, you did say that you believe that fish become philosophers. And you said, uh-uh, no. don't tell me what I believe because <laughs> I did not say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like that's, that's the other thing is they're just, they make straw man arguments. They do all of this mm -hmm. slimy fucking bullshit whenever they talk to people and the people who follow them are credulous fucking dipshits who don't understand or haven't taken the time to be critical of what these guys are saying to actually look into it for themselves. And that fucking makes me mad. So fucking mad. Well, they went down the, uh, uh, the Auschwitz hole. Oh yeah. And I wish you would have done this. I was hoping you were going to fucking do it, but you <laughs> did do it. Uh, so they went down the Auschwitz hole. Yeah. And then they went down the uh, uh, Mao, Pol Pot, fucking, they're Stalin, atheist, Stalin yeah. hole. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish you would have said Hitler was a Christian. Yeah. So, but <laughs> does that mean all Christians are bad? Yeah. Or just went down the, hey, like, yes, they were technically atheists, but they were also dictators. They had fingers. Does that mean that everybody with yeah. fingers <laughs> they were, are going to be mass murderers? They were evil dictators yeah. that did evil things. Yeah. yeah. It was horrible. And they didn't do it in the name of, of atheism. atheism. They did it in the name of fucking power. Yeah. And, and just like the crusades and being shitty people, the Christian church held crusades during the fucking black, whatever you call it. The, uh, the dark ages, dark ages, yeah. not black. That's not, oh, that sounds horrible. Now <laughs> I'm going to say black ages during the dark ages, <laughs> which is a blackish color of it's dark. Ah, oh, no, I'm going to stop that really quick. Well, it's close to Halloween. It's still uh, spooky. I don't care what but yeah, during the dark ages yeah. when the Christians held fucking crusades to kill everybody, was that appropriate? Well, they were just no. doing the Lord's work. 
so anyway, they're, it's just, they're so dishonest about the way they engage, uh, their critics or people who I was, I was really hoping for an open and honest dialogue with these people. Like I was hoping that they were open to hearing other people express their ideas, you know, hoping to hear that they don't want to continue being wrong either. So if they are wrong, they would like to know, but no, we, they have a narrative Mm -hmm. and that's what they're sticking to. And I think if I have faith in anything, it was that I had too much faith in humanity and these guys (laughs) have fucked that up for me even more. Um, so yeah, it was very disappointing. In the way they conducted themselves. Greg played into their hands a little bit by allowing them to be like, look at these angry atheists. Yeah, they're so angry and unhinged. And I think that did play into their narrative, which which also was a slimy thing for them to do. I, I can understand why from the audience's perspective and not knowing about a lot of the background and stuff. And well, I, I wish Greg would have would have said this. Don't mistake my passion for anger. Yeah. Yeah. I wish he would have just said something like along those lines of being like, I'm not angry. I'm just very passionate when it comes to these things. Yeah. Because you people are dishonest assholes. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, let's get, let's get to the crux of the debate though. Okay. It was supposed to be on the triune God. Yeah. Does the triune God of the Bible exist? And you guys, Zicky point out, you're not arguing for a triune God at all. They never once presented any argument they in never, favor of a triune God. They never explained what their premise of the triune God is mm-hmm. and how that triune God works works or could exist. Offered any evidence of, I mean, they didn't, they didn't talk about the tri, the Trinity at all, like at all until right toward the end when Greg said, you guys haven't even talked about the Trinity. That's the sub Greg yeah. kept driving the point home of the topic of this debate is, does the triune God of the Bible exist? And you guys haven't addressed that at all. You've taken presuppositionalist talking points and you're saying the same thing that you say all the time during these things. Mm-hmm. You're not addressing the debate topic. The only thing they, they and their, their excuse was. Um, yes, we have discussed it. We talked about the resurrection, which proves a triune. God. Like, no, the, the, that, that doesn't <laughs> prove anything. <laughs> like, you know how many religions have a resurrection story involved in it? You didn't explain anything. You never even, they never even laid out what they meant by a triune God. Yeah. Like a basis for it was never even laid out. Now, I, I noticed that right off in the beginning when their, their first thing was God's real. Uh, whatever you say is confirms what we were going to say and you showed up. So we won. Yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. And fish become philosophers. Fish become philosophers. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> um, I also thought it was really slimy when you would ask a question or anything or, or be talking about religion. They go, well, you're wrong. Cause you didn't read this, this annex to the Bible. <laughs> Yet the Bible is true and wholly correct. And I just wish one of you two would have said it like, why do we need this annex? Why do we need this book to explain this book if this book is so right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, God's not the author of confusion, but, you know, somehow the words that he inspired directly that are that are put down in this fancy book of fables of yours has led to how many separate Christian denominations and thousands of different churches with, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of you know, or millions of different beliefs among each of the members in in these things, among important points of gospel and doctrine. Like if he's not the author of confusion, 
then he's just really fucking terrible at communicating or, (laughs) or people are that fucking dumb. Maybe it's a mix of the two. And me and Sarah both thought that you did a good job. Well, thank you. You, you held your composure. Yeah. Uh, you, you talked so we could understand what you were saying. I tried to be, yeah, I tried to enunciate well and, and speak more slowly. I, I knew going into the debate that I would, that I was going to be nervous, which in Would those cases I tend to speak rush. much more quickly. Yeah, we all do that. Yeah. So I, I tried to be very deliberate in slowing down how fast I was speaking. Yeah. And then I listened to podcasts and everything at three times speed. <laughs> so, so you, <laughs> and so, you know, when I listen to people talk, it sounds like they're talking really fast because they were talking really fast in my ear all the all, all fucking day. And you didn't so I have this that. internal dialogue that is sped up to that point where you, you didn't want to be the micro machine guy. Right. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to make sure that people would understand what yeah. I was saying and would be able to not only hear it, but understand it and accept it, you know, bring it on, think about it for a moment as I'm making each different point. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, thank you. I, I'm glad you said Well, that. I mean, we all thought you should try this again. Oh yeah. i don't think that I would debate presuppositionalists no, no. again, unless I know that they're actually decent people who want to have an honest and open debate about well, it. Well, which you saying that brings something to my mind, and I'm just springing you on this fucking right here. Okay, what is it? I think we should do this again, and I think we have a friend that would be a good person that we could do something like this with, where we could actually have an open discussion and dialogue that won't be contentious. Oh, yeah? Who's that? Well, we had him on the show already. Who that? Sean. Oh, Sean is a very nice he guy. He's a nice guy. And I, yeah. I think, especially with the way he, we had him in the show mm. that if we decided to do something like where if we put it on or we had help with him, I think that actually could make for a very good, uh, discussion platform talking about religion from both sides. Well, but he's that, not a presupposition. Oh, do you no. mean, oh. No, just so I was have, saying I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't debate a presuppositionalist. presuppositionalist yeah. So, so yeah. screw that. Yeah. They're, so they're Sean is fucking, not a presuppositionalist. He's not a presuppositionalist. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I think he speaks more honestly about his position without trying to be a snaky with it. Oh yeah. I mean, when I was on his show yeah. and, and when he was on our show, if he didn't know something, he was yeah. happy to say, you know, I don't know, but I can, I can try to find out. I, I'll, you know, I'll look into it a little bit yeah. more, but I don't know, honestly. Which I think that's why I think. Which was so refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I also think that he would be a good person where if we decided ever as the Godless Revolution to team up with someone else to go do a public thing, mm. uh, he might be someone worth doing it with. Yeah. Where we could actually sit down and have an open dialogue. It doesn't even have to be a debate. It can just be. Two parties on stage having a conversation with the crowd. He can bring as many as his people in. We'll bring as many of our people in as we want. And either question and answer type thing, having a straight up dialogue between the two sides and having it being very, uh, well, cordial, cordial, <laughs> cordial and a little looser, maybe yeah. even to make it a dialogue. If uh, you yeah, will. yeah. Just yeah. have a conversation, a dialogue on a stage yeah. where you are trying to pin down your points, but you're not, we're not doing the slimy. Well, I'm just going to fucking attack your ass. Yeah. Where you're not, you're not looking to win. You're looking to know more. Yeah. That's that. And I think that was one of my biggest mistakes is that I, when I, when I enter in a, into a conversation with people, I'm not interested in winning. Yeah. Winning doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to increase the amount of knowledge I have. Whenever I engage somebody online, it's not because I seek to win or to make them look bad. I want to know what they believe and why. why. Yeah. Because if I'm wrong, I'd like to know it. 
And so it just, it, it almost always inevitably devolves into this thing of, well, you just need faith or you just need you know, and it's like, okay, but that doesn't help me. That doesn't do anything for me that, that I I've known preachers who were preachers for 20, 30, 40 years and leave because they just couldn't take lying to people yeah. anymore. They didn't well, believe it themselves for so long. There we go. I just, I just found the name of this, this thing we, we will maybe do in the future. What's that? The what and why series. The what and why series. That could be fun. Yeah. Where we learn what and why you believe certain things. Yeah. That would be, yeah. Well, and we could do it for all kinds of different things like anti-vax stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, climate change. We are not inviting Gail Ruzicki. Young <laughs> Gail Ruzicki can suck it. <laughs> That lady's terrible. Because I don't think she would want to have an honest conversation about it. No, no, she wouldn't. She's, I mean, she's. But I'm sure we could find people from other groups that would honestly sit down and possibly have an honest conversation about those type of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would love to have a conversation even with just a Christian who wants to offer their perspective on things. If, if they can be respectful and just want to hear the other side and, and you know, steel sharpens steel, right? So if you have a good argument, I would love to hear it. If, if we have good arguments, I hope that they would like to hear those and, and bounce ideas off each other. That's not what happened in this debate at all. No. I mean, if we could have something where you go into it, where, Hey, the point of this talk Hmm. is not to make you win or lose. It's not really here to make you go, well, I am definitely on that side or I am definitely on this side. It's a conversation to open your ears, to listen to maybe a counterpoint you haven't really thought about or haven't really listened to and, you know, get more information. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be good. I think the other part of the debate that I, that I was frustrated by was I had mentioned earlier that I had, you know, created this list of questions and wanted to ask them a bunch of different stuff just to confirm what they believe in front of everybody (laughs) to expose them as fucking frauds. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get that opportunity because I think the very first question out of the gate, Greg got up and, and started addressing it and started speechifying. And, you know, there's only, I think it was 10 minutes or 15 minutes for cross exam. I think it on either side yeah, I think it was and, 10. and you know, there's, there's a tendency on, yeah, there's a, and there's a tendency on both sides to where, you know, you want to ask a question and you want to deny your opponent the opportunity to be able to address it fully or, you know, n- not leave them a whole lot of time to answer the question, um, but also try to expose weaknesses in their arguments, all that kind of stuff. And so I had a prepared this list of questions that were fairly short answer, you know, short questions that only required a short answers because I wanted to nail them down on a, on a few different points. Like I wanted them to confirm whether or not they're young earth creationists, whether or not they believe in evolution, not just micro, but macro. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wanted to have them on the record as how, what they believe about, uh, climate change, you know, all of these things that religion gets in and fucks things up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but were, I, were you going to go into abortion at all? Into abortion? Oh, maybe. If they brought it up, I, I wouldn't have. Well, I don't know if that would have been like one of your yes or no questions about abortion, because that's one of the things they muck up to. No, that wasn't. No, I, that wasn't on my list of questions. Okay. Mine, mine was basically you know, more related. centered around science related stuff and and different points of doctrine that I wanted mm-hmm. them to clarify their beliefs. Um, but I didn't get a chance. Uh, 
because I think the que- the first question Dr. Clark got up and and started addressing it and started speechifying and and took yeah. up quite a bit of time. Um, so we didn't. I think shit. I think we were only asked one, maybe two questions during our. Well, and they asked you that one question, where uh, with uh, the atheist philosopher. And the Bertrand Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Where the question, I was like, what the fuck did you, what, what word fucking salad did you just spit out with this fucking question? Like it was so. Well, so, so Bertrand uh, Russell couldn't offer any justification, any independent justification for the laws of logic. Right. Um, and he said, you know, if we're going to point to it as being a problem on their side, you know, that they presuppositionalists offer this, this claim that you know, God exists and God gave us the laws of logic and that's why we have them. And so atheists even showing up, atheists lose the debate because they're confirming the, you know, the Christian apologist point of view that without the laws of logic, we wouldn't even be able to be on stage sharing any time with them because we wouldn't be able to reason and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so Bertrand Russell had pointed out, you know, that if we want to start with the laws of logic as our foundation, uh, we, we need to propose how we came to, to have the laws of logic, yeah. you know, how, what are they, how are they created? How do they, how do they come into being? We need to provide a justification for using these as the basis for our arguments. And, you know, there have been a few attempts over, over time to, to explain or, or, or justify our use of the laws of logic outside of God giving them to yeah. us. But. I don't believe that before Russell died, before Bertrand Russell died, he had an answer to that question. And that was the question that Jeff asked me was, well, you know, Russell, uh, uh, Bertrand Russell says this about the laws of logic and blah, blah, blah. And my response was just, you know, he's a hell of a lot louder. He was a hell of a lot smarter than I am. And he didn't figure it out. So no, I don't have an answer, an answer to that, but it's, it doesn't mean that I can't employ them and it doesn't at all mean that if I can't explain them, therefore God exists. Like that's just another slimy fucking tactic that these guys were using. And then it was when, you know, Jeff started saying, you know, that's when he was saying, oh, well, Dan thinks that, you know, fish can become philosophers. And he's, and I kept interrupting him and saying, no, no, no. No, I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. That's just an assertion you're making. That's just an assertion you're making. You haven't provided any evidence for this. And then Greg would chime in every now and then with the topic of tonight's debate is this. If you want to talk about something else, that's another debate. That's a different debate, not the one we're supposed to be having tonight. And then I think it was when Jeff said something about fish turning into philosophers again. And, and, you know, what are, what is my response to that? And that's when I finally just was like, it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeff turned to James and they both kind of exchanged to look like, Ooh, he said a naughty word. <laughs> like bullshit. I don't think is terrible. No. I, it was the only even hint of a curse word that I offered all night long when I, I wanted said, to be up there. Like, fuck you, fuck this, fuck their argument. You fucking stupid. <laughs> I, yeah. I would have been like, don't be a cunt. <laughs> it's just, I really, I really dislike dishonesty when I'm trying to have a conversation with somebody and they just can't have an honest conversation about something. It's like, why the fuck am I wasting my time even talking to you? Mm -hmm. You're not going to give me an an honest, open, forthright answer about this. Why the fuck am I even wasting my time that is so limited (laughs) to talking to you when you're just a fucking dipshit asshole? So that was very frustrating for me. Um, 
but yeah, after the debate, you know, the debate finishes up and there were a bunch of people who came up on stage to shake the hands of everybody mm-hmm. who was there, all of the participants. And there were quite a few Christian people who came through and said, you know, thanks for coming. And I appreciate you being here. And I liked some of the things that you had to say. A few of them expressed that they weren't happy <laughs> with yeah. some of the things Greg said or how he said them. But, you know, like I said, I've, I've kind of tried to offer an explanation for why it came off as much more contentious than it was well, for his, his arguments. Because Greg couldn't hear. Yeah, that was, I think that was a, a, a really big part of it. Um, there were, you know, there were a couple of Christian people who tried witnessing to me or testifying. And I was, I tried to be very nice and, and listen to them for a while. And, uh, you know, after a little bit, it's just like, okay, well, thanks. You know, there's other people I need to talk yeah. to or who want to talk to me. So, you know, we're done. Do that somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there, it was kind of interesting. Did you, did you see the two priests that were oh, there in the audience? It was hard to miss the one guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there were, there were a couple of priests there. There was an older gentleman in, I think it was a blue shirt, but he had a, uh, priest collar. Yeah, I don't on. know if I noticed him as much, but the guy wearing the full black robe, I yeah. felt like I was getting ready for an exorcism. Yeah. He kind of looked like Neo from the Matrix, <laughs> I thought, but with, oh. a, with a, with a collar. Did you hear that's coming back? Yes. Matrix 4. Yeah. I'm excited I, for I it. I kind of wonder what's going to happen because I thought Neo died. Uh, did he die in the very last one? I don't know he, if he died or like be, kind of became well, the Matrix or kinda, part of the Matrix. He kind of went all Jesus-y and sacrificed himself for the Matrix. Yeah, I, I'm wondering how they'll how, how they'll know. resurrect He's gonna him. He's going to be God. <laughs> Neo is God. <laughs> but, but so those those Catholic priests come up on stage, and uh, you know I shook I shook the hand of the older guy first, mm-hmm. and then the younger guy, and the younger guy was the one in the in the, the full black black yeah. outfit thing. And, um, you know, he, they were, they were both really nice. I chatted with the younger guy a little bit more and he said, you know, well, clearly I can't speak for father kind of, you know, motioning toward the other, the other older priest there. He's like, clearly I can't speak for father, but you know, I think he would agree with me when I say that we think you guys won tonight's debate. And I was like, well, thanks man. I really appreciate you saying that. That's very nice to hear. He's like, I wish we could have heard you speak a little bit more, but you know, circumstances being what they are, I kind of understand. And, and I said, oh yeah. He's like, yeah. And I can't even remember exactly how we got on the topic, but he said that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a church of his own. He's Mm -hmm. a missionary priest. And I said, well, what is, what exactly does that mean? You just go around preaching to people. And he said, well, no, well, kind of, I, you know, I, I work primarily in central and South America and it's usually with the drug cartels. (laughs) <laughs> and Which I was kind of scary. Yeah. I was like, well, that's, that's kind of interesting yeah. and cool. And I'm like, Do you, is that a scary thing? And he's like, well, you know, this, and he kind of motions <laughs> to his outfit. He's like, this pretty much, you know, guarantees me or almost guarantees me safe passage everywhere. He's like, they're usually, you know, they'll, they're fine with us going places and talking to them. And like they have rules and maybe one of the rules is, Hey, don't kill a priest. We don't kill priests. <laughs> Unless he steals some of our product, we don't kill a priest. <laughs> so that, that was kind of interesting. It'd be, it'd be kind of fun to have a conversation with him some more. That was, yeah. that was, he seemed like a really nice guy. Did it sound like he was. And that's something I didn't think that I would say about a uh, Catholic priest very often. Yeah. Did it sound like he was from here in Salt Lake or, uh, I mean, for someone that preaches mainly to the cartels in Central America, what the fuck was he doing here? I have no idea. I, you know, like I say, it would be great to have a longer conversation yeah. with him because it just, it sounded really interesting. I I wanted to talk to him yeah. more, but huh. 
Christians kept coming up and interrupting us. And, <laughs> and then, you know, just walking through the crowd at, at the end and having a bunch of other Christians shake my hand and thank me for coming out and, yeah. and what have you. And then we went out to dinner and talked about it some more. But I mean, I, I think for my first debate, it went about as well as I could have expected. As long as you learned something from it, it went well. Oh, I absolutely did for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I did learn quite a bit and, uh, I think key to that is that I learned I should have been much more communicative with Greg leading up to the debate, um, and, and working, talking more about how I felt the debate was going to go and what would be the best approach for it. Yeah. Um, rather than just thinking to myself and, and having this internal constructed idea of how I thought things were going to go and the roles different people would fill. I should have communicated those more with Greg. And that's, that is my fault. That's a failure yeah. on my part. Did you guys go into it? Well, you're in your hometown, but it definitely wasn't home turf. No. <laughs> did you, did you guys go into it even considering or thinking about the fact that you're going to be on the enemy's ground? Uh, well, I, I knew that there would be Christians there and I figured yeah. that they would probably have the larger portion of the audience. I didn't know that it would be groupies. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah that, that was probably that hard took to me by surprise. For. Yeah. That yeah. bit, that bit caught me off guard that there were people traveling from other States yeah. just to hear these guys talk that, that was a surprise to me. Like, you know, this is going to be available in like a week or two on the internet. Uh, yeah. You don't, a, you don't have to buy an airline uh, ticket to fly out here. Yeah. But I get to see him in person, person. and shake his godly hands. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure James and Jeff were just eating up every oh, bit yeah. of that. But and I can't really say I blame them or fault them for it, other mm -hmm. than that they're dishonest in the ways that they, you know, gather this adoring throng of credulous dipshits who yeah. listen to every who hang on every word that they say. Uh, and if there, I want to say now, if there's anybody in the audience who hangs on every word I say, please don't. <laughs> I'm wrong about shit all yeah. the time. I'm here for comic relief half the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope that if I, I, I hope that the things that I have been wrong about, I've been able to let people know, Hey, I was wrong about this. I want to yeah. try to correct yeah. this. If you thought that I was correct in what I said here and don't take anything I say as, as being the truth, like go and investigate it for yourself because I could have misunderstood something there. You, you know, I could have, communicated it poorly. There's so many things along the process or, or along the line in this process that could have gone wrong that you should always independently verify stuff yeah. as much as you can. Um, sometimes that's not easy, especially if it's, you know, this person said something, you know, well then you should try to go to that person and say, Hey, did you actually say this thing? I just want to make sure rather than did you hear this other person say, did, did you hear this person say, and some, I don't know, it's just rough, You but yeah. you have to do the best you can. Um, and, and I like to think, or I hope that I, if I do say something incorrect, that I later correct it to try to get that out there so that people don't continue being as wrong as I was when I said it. Yeah. But yeah, I learned some stuff. It was, it was interesting. I, I, I could definitely do another debate. Um. But like I said, I don't, I don't think that I would waste my time necessarily with, with a presuppositionalist yeah. unless I knew that it was somebody who has just adopted this as, as a form of argumentation, but is willing to have an open, to, to know dialogue. if it's the best way to go about yeah. it. Like, is it, is it an honest thing that I'm doing? Is it an honest thing that I'm saying? Am I being 
honest in my discussion and relation with people around this subject and topic, or am I being a greasy fucking bastard about it? Mm -hmm. And like I say, I think James and Jeff are probably decent people in their everyday workaday lives, but in debates and stuff, they're, they're greasy bastards. So Ray Comfort Dishonest, next? greasy bastards. So you're going to debate Ray Comfort next? <laughs> no. I don't. I think if I were to meet Ray Comfort, I would just have to adopt Eli's, Eli's theory or, or mode of thinking and how to relate to him and just say hi and shake his hand and lick his face when he wasn't expecting it. <laughs> well, I was hoping you would say kick him in the balls. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that I would have a conversation or debate with Ray Comfort okay. because that guy's just a dishonest turd. Uh, there were actually, there were, it was kind of funny. One of the Christians who came up on stage was talking about, oh, well, you know, I've been a believer for 40 years and I just want to let you know that Christ is here and he uh, loves you. And whether you, you know, currently accept his teachings or whatever, he'll always be there and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, like I, it's not as if I haven't heard, heard of this stuff before. before. You're, yeah. you're, you're not a special, unique little new. snowflake bringing this to my attention. Like I've never heard of Jesus before. Oh my yeah. God. Thank you so much. This has changed my life. I have heard these arguments and I've rejected them. That's why I'm here tonight. So that got a little frustrating, <laughs> but oh shit. I, I can't remember what I was going to say about that. Oh, he, this, this guy just started, you know, testifying to me about Jesus and now I've lost it again. Can't remember what I was going to say. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it was frustrating, but I did learn a lot. So yeah. that was good. And, and I could do it again, but like I say, I don't know that it would be with presuppositionalists because it's there. It's just a dishonest yeah. way of engaging people. So should we find out what else makes us frustrated with the world? Yeah. I think we got a news story or two we could cover. Okay. All right. Let's do that in just a minute. Hello, my name is Tony from the conversations with God podcast. And as the name suggests, on that podcast, I talk to the creator of the universe, God. We discuss philosophy, cooking, death and diseases, amongst other important subjects. And you're listening to the Godless Revolution podcast, which is much better than the Conversations with God podcast. Looking back, I had probably let go of believing in any kind of supernatural God years earlier. What the bike crash did or what that life rattling event did was it caused me to go like, Look, not look, not what do you think about God? What do you think about yourself? Like, are you really willing to live out the rest of your life without full integrity, without being fully authentic? And the answer was no. Like, I need to be a real person. And so I need to be honest with the, the people in my life. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Okay, so before we get into anything else, I wanted to point out to everybody that if the last few segments seem a little disjointed or disorganized, it's because they were, but, <laughs> but beyond that, we had some technical difficulties buttons got clicked I, I do this thing where you know as we're recording i make notes on the different segments and shit like that and sometimes i'll click on a track and so then the next track starts at that point or i have a track highlighted and so it will only record for the length of oh, the that, previous track yeah. and so we get cut off sometimes and it's I, I i've been doing it more and more lately i don't know what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with me 
And we didn't notice until we got all the way through. It's like, oh shit, we got to record that. Now we got to go back through all Again. of the stuff that got cut off and try to make it somewhat coherent. But, yeah. So if it's not, that's why. And and it's because we're we're not pros at this. We just do it. For six years. For, for six years now, yeah. <laughs> I really want to get that other piece of equipment that we've been talking about. The thing is cool. Eventually, we'll, we'll get that and it will be very helpful. But until then, we have to suffer through with the things that we have. Um, so the, the next story that we want to cover, I think, is awesome because Todd Starnes is a dickhead and was recently fired from Fox News. For being an asshole. For, because he's a dickhead. Uh, I think this is awesome. This comes to us from Right Wing Watch. Uh, the story is titled Todd Starnes and Fox News Part Ways. What finally did it? Todd Starnes, a Fox News personality infamous for his far-right rantings against immigrants and LGBTQ people over national airwaves, will no longer be working at Fox News, its website, or its premium subscription service, Fox Nation, as first reported by The Wrap. Earlier this week, prior to his departure from Fox News, Starnes agreed with right-wing pastor Robert Jeffress on air that Democrats do not worship a Christian god. Jeffress claimed that Democrats may worship the demon god Moloch instead. Oh. Huh. Because Jeffress is one of those intellectual giants. Yeah. If those comments stirred his exit from Fox News, they are among the tamer that he has made on the network. In August, the Daily Beast reported that Starnes compared migrants to Nazis and claimed that America was being invaded by a, quote, rampaging horde of illegal aliens, end quote, less than two weeks after an accused white supremacist committed mass murder in El Paso, Texas, and targeted Hispanics for his rampage. Let's walk through some of the greatest hits from Starnes' broadcast, which were <laughs> blasted across the nation by Fox News Radio and preserved in the right-wing watch archives. Earlier this year, Starnes hosted right-wing pastor Franklin Graham on his program to praise a New Jersey mayor who was, who was resisting a state law requiring schools to teach LGBTQ history. I believe we covered this on yeah. the show previously. On Starnes' show, Graham declared, This is an affront to God, and I don't believe that the schools have a right to teach our children something that is an affront to God. So the mayor is absolutely right, and I back him 100%. God made us and created us. He made us male and female so that we can carry on the population, so that we have children and that we would increase and homosexuality goes against God's plan for the human race. Last yeah. October, <laughs> Starnes called for President Donald Trump to shut down the U.S.-Mexico border, deploy the military, and treat an incoming caravan of migrants seeking relief in the, in the United States like an, quote, invading force, and quote, committing, quote, an act of war, end quote, Starnes said. Quote, so shut down the borders, call out the military, and quite frankly, we ought to treat this 4,000-strong migrant caravan as an invading force. That's what we ought to do. It's time to play hardball, end quote. And that's kind of what Trump did. That's what Trump really, really wanted to do. He listens to Todd Starnes, which is uh, another reason it's really good that he's no yeah. longer on Fox News. In June 28th, Starnes defended the Trump administration's policy of separating migrant children from their parents at the southern border, arguing that, quote, President Trump is not gassing children, end quote, and that the critics of the policy were treasonous and traitorous to the United States. The punishment for treason against the United States is death, of course. President Trump is not gassing children. President Trump is not loading up train cars with illegal alien children and sending them to the death camps. Lady Liberty is in tears because 
the Democrats and the mainstream media would rather side with illegal alien invaders than stand alongside their fellow Americans. That's treasonous and that's traitorous in my book. The irony of him saying that on Fox News, as if it's not part of mainstream media, yeah. is is laughable. Yeah, that's what I, I, that's what gets me with this whole fucking thing. It's like mainstream media sucks. I listen to Fox, <laughs> it's like, but they are mainstream. So media. by mainstream, do you mean like? The news outlets that right. report accurate news that don't buy into conspiracy theories and report them out as real news? Is yeah. that what you mean by mainstream media? Or do you just mean the ones I disagree with? <laughs> <laughs> While discussing DACA, a program that shields some undocumented people who arrived in the United States as children from deportation, in April 2018, Starnes said that his problem with undocumented immigrants is that once they arrive in America, they, quote, get all biblical on us and they start churning out the babies. <laughs> End quote. Starnes said, quote, and here's the problem. Here is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. You see, once the illegals arrive here on American soil, what do they start doing? They get all biblical on us and they start churning out the babies. And so every one of those babies is a new dreamer. I mean, sweet mercy, America. How many more of these dreamers are we going to have to take care of? End hmm. quote. When people across the nation rallied for the March, uh, uh, the March for Our Lives rallies and demanded gun reform in March 2018, Starnes blamed culture jihadists. <laughs> he said, quote, that really is what we do on this radio program is that we want to stand alongside people who are coming under attack. And there are a lot of people that don't have the national platforms that really face these struggles when the left comes after them and these culture jihadists. And that's what it is. I think that's what we saw over the weekend with these protests on the Second Amendment. Hmm. Special counsel, end quote, special counsel Robert Mueller, who led the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election, is another person whom Starnes accused of jihad, this time political. In October 2017, Starnes said, ladies and gentlemen, I believe the president needs to take immediate action here. I believe he needs to go ahead, rip off the Band-Aid, rip off the duct tape, and fire Bob Mueller because I see the end game here. We know how this is going to end, and it's not going to end well. It's time to get rid of Bob Mueller, and it's time to get rid of his partisan cronies. It's time to stop the jihad. Ann Coulter, a right-wing pundit with clear and present ties to white nationalists, appeared on Starnes' Fox News radio program in 2017 and told Starnes that if Trump compromised on his anti-immigrant agenda, it could justify death squads in America. Quote, If he continues down this path, well, I guess there are three options. There's the, the, there's the organizing the death squads for the people who ruined America because there will be no more hope, Coulter said. In 2015, Starnes claimed that rainbow-colored Doritos were doing the bidding uh. of, quote, godless sickos, end quote before proceeds from the chips were donated to an organization that supports LGBTQ youth. Starnes said, quote, It appears that Frito-Lay would rather do business with the likes of Dan Savage than America's good, church-going people. Look, it's not my business where you dip your Dorito, but as for me and my house, I can promise you this. Not a single Frito, not a single Cheeto, until Frito-Lay stops giving money to a bunch of godless sickos who bash Christians. I always love that. <laughs> we are going to support a group. They're bashing us. Yeah. No. <laughs> My freeze peach. Beyond Fox News Radio's Beyond Fox News Radio's airwaves, 
Starnes has spoken at numerous conferences hosted by anti-LGBTQ hate groups, including his featured spot at Values Voter Summit, where he is expected to speak next weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. Last paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I imagine he'll uh, join the Christian talking circuit, write some uh, books. Join Alex Jones. Yeah, he'll still be making he'll still be making money, and it's from credulous dipshits forking over what little they have to support some yeah. charlatan jackass on the air. He'll ride this wave until it crashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a turd, and I'm glad he's no longer employed at Fox. If they could get rid of fucking people like Laura, Laura Ingram, Ingram and fucking Sean Hannity, that would be awesome because those people are toxic influences on our culture. Yeah. They need to not be employed. Well, not just on our And culture. have a megaphone where they can spout their bullshit. They're toxic to our country, mm-hmm. period, because Trump listens to them. Yeah. Yeah, he thinks that they're super duper. Yay. <laughs> My buddies. Yeah. Uh, before we go, I want to make sure that we mention that we are still donating money to uh, Brandy Hamrick's GoFundMe account. Uh, Brandy is a longtime friend of the show who's been a Patreon supporter for a very, very long time. And we have decided that we are going to fork over all of our proceeds from Patreon through the end of the year. I just received an email from Patreon yesterday saying that $188.34 was just sent out to me from Patreon covering our earnings through, uh, last month through September. So. That should be, it says, I can expect to see this money in your, it says, you can expect to see this money in your personal account within one to three business days. Congrats again and thanks from all of us to Patreon. <laughs> yeah. But so the 188.34 will be transferred to Brandy uh, just as soon as it hits my account. Uh, I'll, I'll submit that to her GoFundMe account. And uh, we appreciate all of the help that our listeners have been providing mm-hmm. for us. We, we picked up a couple new Patreon supporters. Um, and a couple people have increased their donations knowing that all of that money will be going to Brandy. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash godless revolution, where you can join and become a Patreon supporter for as little as $1 per episode. And Patreon supporters get the show before anybody else. They get extended, uh, versions of the show. They get a closing song that I can't put in our regular yeah. <laughs> in our regular shows anymore because YouTube kept Said, fucking fuck flagging you. them and all of that kind of fun stuff. We do extended outtakes, extended versions, sometimes uh, bonus episodes every now and then. Um, and then all of that money that we earn through the end of the year will be going to Brandy. So mm-hmm. anything that you can contribute would be greatly appreciated. It will all be going to her. Uh, that'll wrap things up for us today. We won't be recording again for more than a week, and yeah. Matt will be back, so that'll be nice. We can hear about all of his infiltrate—I mean, uh, adventures, escapades. escapades. Yes. See, see what <laughs> secret information he has to share with us when he returns about the culture. Yes, because it's a Europe. mystery to us yes. here what those Brits are like across the pond. <laughs> our, 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 our ancestors from another land. I'm just wanting to know if they actually have to eat street rats. If they have to eat street rats? Yeah, I've heard they're poor over there after Brexit. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're 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 having to eat street rats now. Oh, no. I know. Well, I, Sad I times. Haven't, I haven't been keeping up with the Brexit stuff lately with all of the Trump bullshit that's been going well, on. But last I heard... It sounds pretty much dead. Yeah, last I heard, 
Johnson Mojo is, is, a, is yeah, a dumbass. Yeah, yeah, he, His brother had yeah, resigned. Yeah. The speakers resigned. Somebody crossed the aisle oh, while he was speaking. That was his brother i thought that's that crossed the aisle i don't think it was his brother who crossed his brother that just walked resigned. in oh yeah cause remember like one of the other big people yeah they walked in with two of the people from the other party and he said it going left he went right with the two of them and went and sat down and then boris was like oh yeah I yeah know, i don't think that was his brother i, I no longer a have a majority <laughs> i just oh, lost my majority shit. i'm kind of fucked now <laughs> Worst, we we currently have the worst president in United States history and the worst prime minister in UK history. Yeah, I it's, uh, we're devolving. And it's, I think it's no coincidence that people often compare Bojo to and Trump. Do true. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't Trump. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters, the people who yes. are allowing us to give money over to Brandy's GoFundMe campaign. That would be Alan Firth. Newmania. Christy Kalbach. Gathia. Steven Andrus. Let them eat Kofefe. Two skeptical chaps. Vanessa. Don't be a Richard. N- uh, Nico Gonzalez. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Andrew Vodapich. Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. Yay! <laughs> Megan Kennedy. The Foz. Jesse Pointner. Bobby Digital. Freethinker215 and Ned Flanders support Foundation Beyond Belief. Janet Uter. Savita Kuna. Taylor Grin. Purple Dragon. Captain Samples. And Corey Ebert. Thank you all so, so much. We really appreciate you helping us help Brandy. And I'm sure she appreciates you as well. Yeah. And all of our other regular uh, listening audience should appreciate you as well, because then you don't have to, they don't have to hear things like advertisements for socks and underwear and beds and. Dildos. Aprons of various colors to assemble <laughs> meals and a bunch of other things that I've heard recently on other shows that I'm just like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? It's always, it's always really weird when, when a commercial interrupts, interrupts in the middle of a, a podcast their, and I'm like, yeah. people that, Hey, speaking of socks, I just ordered these Isn't great new bomb ass socks. <laughs> <laughs> they're super cool they're really comfortable and they keep the stink down <laughs> uh, it just seems so weird and disingenuous and cringy when I hear it a lot of the time when I try to work it in naturally and I'm just like just cut to commercial if you're going to do it that way because this way it makes you seem like you're just kind of a shill and that's just kind of yeah. creepy uh, but I know they have to pay the bills Yeah, some of those people just do this for a living so they've they've got to do that kind of stuff Luckily, we don't have to do it for a living, and we, so we, our, we do it as a hobby. Yeah, we can we can do it as a hobby and donate money to to people who are friends of the show. Yep. But that will wrap things up for us this evening, and so until next week, crucify Donald Trump. I think it's going to happen this time. I think it's going to happen. <laughs> Leave a review and unlock your master debater achievement. <laughs> and rate the show five times a day toward people being fired from Fox News. Are we sure we're ready this time? <laughs> are, are we are we sure we're ready to talk about the debate this time? I think I think maybe we could talk about the debate this time. Okay. Good news, everyone. Fuck, I already yeah. fucked this up because I wanted to say let's just start this whole thing over. <laughs>